Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you again on another episode of Informed Dissent. Uh, Our podcast is now available on all podcast networks, including Apple Podcasts. And, you know, we we talk about a lot to do with COVID and internationally, sometimes it's hard to grasp what's going on. You read about it, you see little pieces on the paper, but you don't really get a sense unless you actually talk to somebody who's living that. And tonight we have such a person that's Monica Smith out of Australia, who is a freedom fighter and has quite a story to tell. So Monica, welcome to Informed Dissent, and thank you so much from uh, for coming to us from the the land down under, as they say. Thank you so much. I I travelled all over America just before COVID hit, so um, I feel very connected to the American people. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you've made quite a name for yourself, and apparently spent spent some time in an Australian jail. Tell us about it. How did this start, and how did you get involved in becoming a freedom fighter? Well. It all started actually when a friend of mine was trying to have a protest and he had to keep delaying the protest because of COVID. No one really knew what what was going on. This was, you know, back in March, you know, 2019 when everything started. And then a couple of months later, he said, he said to the police liaison that he had, he said, I just want to go to the parliament house with a megaphone and just one camera person and that's it. I just want to have my say and then go. It was nothing actually to do with COVID, this protest. And the police said, no, you can't go. And that to me was when I realised that it wasn't actually about health or the potential spread of a virus because if, if he was going alone with one other person that he's already working with, then there is no risk. And then I thought, hang on a second, they are just actually silencing us. And uh, we were in a hard lockdown at the time. And so I decided to do a live stream uh, protest. And that's where it all started with Reignite Democracy Australia. I, I just felt that the people didn't have a voice and they were feeling very agitated. So I found ways for people to have their voices heard, come together with a collective voice and also, um, you know, get people active, you know, letterbox dropping and things like that. That's where I started becoming a freedom fighter. Um, obviously there was a big need for it in Australia because it just grew and grew and grew into something that I never could have imagined and so that's why I got the attention of the authorities and I would say the absolute dictator tyrant psychopath Daniel Andrews uh, wants to silence me because um, in Victoria anyway I'm probably the most the loudest pushback against him so far. So I was arrested with two charges of incitement, which is meant for really serious crimes like armed robbery or murder. If I if I encourage someone to commit a murder or, a, or an armed robbery, I am also culpable of that crime, yes. But they have found a way to use the criminal system as a loophole. So now inciting someone to, for example, not wear a mask is now a criminal offence. Um, so it's not wearing a mask is only a finable offence, not a not a jailable offence. So it's pretty ridiculous that that I'm being criminally charged for inciting people to break COVID restrictions. That's the charge. Um, the bail conditions were so onerous. I had my own curfew from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. every single day uh, for a year and a half to two years until the trial was heard. My whole organisation, my political party at the time, would would all have shut down. They wanted me to basically not oppose the government's at all. So I couldn't even use my opinion 
to oppose the government. <laughs> it was crazy, the, the bail conditions. So I didn't sign the bail conditions. I went to prison for 22 days in solitary confinement with no sunshine, no nothing, because I didn't want to take a PCR test. And um, then we appealed the bail conditions. We got all the really bad ones taken away. And here I am still working behind a computer screen. Wow, that, that's something. And, and when, you, when you were in jail, did the folks that were caring for you, did they sympathize with what you were doing or were they all against your, um, your freedom fighting activities? Actually, um, most of them were fans. Uh, most of them actually saw me getting arrested when I did a live stream and they, they were just kind of, in a way, weirdly happy that I was there because uh, they were able to look after me. But um, yeah, so I, I had I was cared for really, really well, considering. <laughs> so where, where is your fight going to take you next? Well, we have the federal election coming up in about probably March or April next year. And I think this is a, a really great chance for a sort of protest vote, peaceful revolution in Australia. Um, but we have some some really big things happening. Uh, but we, we just have to keep going um, because the, the government is, is winning on most fronts and it can seem very hopeless and uh, you can get very tired and that's what they want. And so we just keep finding new ways to empower people and help people feel hopeful. That's what we're all about because we need to be persistent and not give up. And is there a freedom-loving candidate that's going to be running? Oh, yo, we have... We have a freedom-loving party called United Australia Party. They now have more members than any party in Australian history, actually. And um, the, the, there's been some pre-polling done or some surveys done. And uh, they, they are very, they are frightening the big parties, I tell you that much. And then there are smaller parties that are really great as well. And uh, they are running a federal candidate in every single electorate. My fiance Morgan Jonas, is running for a seat in Parliament. So, um... Unless there's a massive amount of fraud, and I will say that our systems are different than the US um, voting system, so we can't have the same amount of fraud that you had, um, hopefully. But unless there's something that we don't know about, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty historical election. Wow, well, that, that's good news, I guess. You just got to wait it out until the elections. Be before we went live on the, on the podcast, you kind of described the difference between what's going on in the United States and, and Australia. Could you, could you repeat that? We don't have guns and our constitution is not strong enough, which we, we've only really figured out now. So the state of emergency, which is what they have declared, basically overrides any human rights. It's literally just that simple. Um, so, you know, firing rubber bullets um, that are about, you know, six centimetres, um, you know, quite big rubber bullets to, at protesters is totally fine because of lockdowns and things like that. So we have realised that actually we have no rights in this country, um, which is really, really frightening. And it's probably been like this for a long time. We just didn't realise. So the difference with Australia as well is we are an isolated place. We have hardly any population um, and we've never had to fight for anything before. It's not in our culture it's not in, uh, we're not patriotic either. We, we've been taught in school not to be patriotic, that that's almost racist. Um, we're very, uh, very easygoing and very easy to manipulate because of that, because we've had a really great life. So I think that is why it's happening here, um, the worst, although Austria is coming pretty close to being the worst place as well. Um, but yeah, the, the people here, we just don't have that natural fight in us that I think Americans have. And a lot of Australians wish that they were in America right now with the First and Second Amendments. It's been, what, about 10, 15 years since uh, they took guns out of the hands of private citizens in Australia? Yes, and a lot of people are regretting that right now. Um, I mean, the gun, the gun subject is obviously a big subject that I'm not 
really that well versed in. But I do know that if the police knew that some citizens would have guns on them in a protest, I think they'd be less likely to pepper spray children and uh, fire rubber bullets at people at close range. Which, by the way, just as a fun fact, rubber bullets have an 8% chance of killing someone. They, the rubber bullets have a higher death, death rate than COVID. So, um, yeah, they shouldn't be using those. Yeah, that, that is just uh, absolutely crazy. So before COVID and before your activism, what did you do for a living? Oh, well, I was, I was in real estate. I was always in sales. So that's where I got my sort of communication skills from. But um, I was uh, single and 30 and I had a bit of money behind me because of real estate. So I actually took three years off work and I traveled the world. And I think uh, I, 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 I drove 75,000 kilometers, which is about maybe uh, 40,000 40, miles around Canada and USA on my own with a bed in the back. And uh, I just put myself into interesting scenarios. I did lots of filming. I went to the aftermath of the crisis. So I kind of just put myself in some really um, situations where I could grow and learn as a person. And I think, I think that's what set me up for what I'm doing now. So what message do you have for the people of Australia that may be listening? As a matter of fact, we, uh, we have data that shows our podcast is actually downloaded uh, in Australia as well. Wow, that's great. Well, if they're Australian, they've probably heard, heard me uh, talk a few times already. But um, I, I would say that uh, no matter how hopeless um, this feels, um, you, just can't lose, you just can't lose hope. Because the, the life that they are planning for us is not one that we are living, uh, that we're willing to live. Comparing the difference between what's going on in Australia and what's going on in the United States. And you were, you were commenting on that. The reason why I think Australia is dealing with the worst lockdowns and the most draconian measures and the worst vaccine mandates is a few reasons. Uh, one, our constitution is not very robust and the state of emergency, which is what they've been using to bring in all these measures, um, actually overtakes the constitution. So basically we have no human rights at the moment with the state of emergency. Now that the state of emergency is great for war or, or perhaps really bad bushfires, but they're only supposed to last a maximum of three months for a reason because they suspend human rights. But now the whole country has been in a state of emergency for two years. And of course it's arguable that this is uh, at all a state of emergency or even a pandemic, but that's another story. Also Australian Australia is an isolated island. We have a small population. We're very spread apart. I mean, the size of our country is the same as the USA almost, and uh, it has only 26 million people. So you just have have a think about that. It's very spread out. Um, and also our character is very easygoing, very, we have this saying, she'll be right, mate. You know, everything's going to be fine. We've never had to fight for anything really in, in my lifetime. I'm 33, but, um, you know, our parents didn't have to fight too hard either. It was more our grandparents that had to fight, you know, and in America, you have a culture of fighting and you have a culture of patriotism which we don't have we we have been taught through school that being patriotic is almost uh racist here. Um, so putting an Australian flag is almost like a right wing symbol, which is obviously ridiculous. And I know that that's happening in, in America too. But uh, we don't have guns here. So we don't have a First and Second Amendment. Our guns were taken away about 15 years ago. And we have no way of actually um, defending ourselves against the corruption of the police force or anything like that. So we are, th this country is the perfect place uh, to test everything. And that's why I think we're having the worst time here. Thank you for your brave uh, and courageous battle. I know this has been with great personal sacrifice uh, for sure. Um, what, is, what is your message to all of Australia now that, that may be listening? 
And how can people find you if they want to follow you? Do you have your own podcast? Are you on social media? How can they follow you to learn more about your fight? The best way is Telegram or the website, Reignite Democracy Australia. I've been kicked off of all of the Facebooks and the YouTubes and all that. Um, so the, the website is uh, really informative and we send out daily emails with news and things like that. But m- my message to Australia um, is pretty simple and that is that we can't give up because a part of the strategy of the enemy is to tire us out and make us feel like it's not worth fighting anymore. Um, and then they basically basically one if they if they can convince us to feel like there's no point then then we've already lost so this could be a long this could be a long journey it could be a long fight it's not you know they've been planning this for decades and we've only started fighting back now so uh, we can't expect to to fix it all in one day it could be a couple more years and that's why we need to pace ourselves but we need to stay focused and we need to uh, stay persistent um, because you know the, the the life that they are creating for us is not one that we are willing to live so there really isn't any other choice but to fight back and if if the line in the sand if your line in the sand has not been drawn yet it will be soon so you may as well just draw it now and start fighting from now instead of waiting so uh, that's what i would say and just stay hopeful because uh, once you lose your hope then they've already won and we can't let them do that why do you think the government is doing this Look, it's a it's a very good question. I wish I knew exactly, but there there are a few things. It could just be about money, of course, or it could just be um, because they don't want to say that they were wrong. Uh, you know, when when COVID first hit, we we didn't know. You guys probably thought that it was going to be dangerous and scary too. You know, Spanish flu, something like that. Um, and then as the months rolled on and the data started coming in that it wasn't as bad as they had thought, they could have just turned around and said, oh, hey, uh, I think we over-exaggerated. Really sorry about that. Let's uh, let's try a different approach. But they, they'll never do that. And so they're just doubling down and doubling down. So it could be a bit of lack of humility. But at the, on, the same, on the same token, the same things are happening around the globe um, at the same rate at the same time. So you have to assume that there is some sort of central command centre um, and, you know, it could be people like, you know, the WHO and, and Bill Gates and Melinda Foundation. Uh, Foundation. Um, so it, it's a mixture of things, um, but I think a lot of people are in it for different reasons. I don't know if that many people are in it just because they like the power trip. I think usually there's some sort of incentive, whether it's uh, to blackmail or, or bribery. Uh, I think that's going on a lot. I have a, I have a question, a burning question, and it has to do with the observation I've made that all of the Anglophone countries appear to be the most tyrannical, which on the surface is somewhat ironic because uh, Great Britain is really uh, the the starting point, the nexus for freedom uh, in the Anglophone countries. Do you have a theory why Australia in particular has descended into such a state of tyranny, specifically why the population has uh, allowed this to happen and why it has complied, other than obviously the lack of guns and the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you've seen in the psyche and uh, the society that would explain why Australia has been hit so much harder than, let's say, Western Europe or other non-English speaking countries? Yes, I do have a theory. And, and I think it's because we are all so distracted with life that we haven't given enough time to ourselves to help each other out and to be sort of community orientated. We're all working very hard. And then in, in, in our in our spare time, we are watching Netflix and consuming media content that is absolutely degrade, is, is terrible for our culture. And, and so I think we've actually been sort of taught to be very selfish. And I think this is a massive problem because um, if you're only looking after your own backyard, 
then you don't have any empathy for what anyone else is going through. And so if you get the vaccine and, and you can keep going to work and you can keep going to cafes and you don't care about anyone else. And I, I think around the Western countries, so America, uh, you know, Australia and England especially, the, the, the culture is just being, it's just being degraded to a point where it, we can't even notice it anymore. People just have hardly any morals. And, and, and I think the, um, I, I believe in God and I don't judge anyone who doesn't, but I think it's important when people do believe in some sort of higher power, they, they're not looking at the government to save them as a hero. But, but innately, we kind of all want a hero to save us. And if we believe in God, that is that that is our hero, not people and not the government or, or nothing on the earth. So these people, a lot of them don't believe in any higher being, whether it's meditation or things like that. Um, and so they're looking for the government, a human being, to save them. And that's why they're so susceptible to being controlled. Um, so I really think we're just selfish. We're very selfish people. And, and I think maybe England is the same, and, and I think that's why they're able to um, divide us like this. That largely matches my experience here in the U.S., um, shockingly. I've also noticed something in the U.S. that uh, has, has really disturbed me, which is uh, the rise of what I call sadism, or the intentional infliction of pain, humiliation, and suffering on others for one's own pleasure. And I've seen videos coming out of Australia of uh, police uh, choking uh, women against walls, uh, punching people in the back of their head who are marching peacefully. Clearly not over-policing, but, but intentional inf infliction of, of cruelty. At least that's what it looks like on video. Have you seen or witnessed anything like that yourself firsthand? Oh my goodness, absolutely. I've been, I felt like I was in a, in a game at least uh, twice now, um, hiding from pol police, hiding under bridges to, to, so they can't find me. And, and uh, you know, I've heard stories of people, you know, giving people leg, leg ups to get over fences because they've got behind them, they've got sh uh, the police are shooting tear gas, um, tear gas and pepper spray and rubber bullets at, at anyone and everyone, no matter how old or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's like a battlefield uh, as much as I can imagine what a battlefield would be like it is exactly like that and you actually have to you have to send scouts ahead to check if there's a police line and it's it's uh it it is a battlefield when we are protesting during lockdown so that's that's during lockdown when lockdown ends the police um act like normal police again and actually let us protest which is uh really strange um and then as soon as a lockdown starts they'll bring out the bullets again so it's really strange here and it is like there was a 70 year old woman who got pushed to the ground and then pepper sprayed you know like she's clearly not a threat and and then we have many pictures of people with the rubber bullets in their back which means that they're walking away from the police they're not coming upon the police so um yeah it's as bad as it sounds and i've seen it all with my own eyes so yes it's very disturbing extremely extremely disturbing yeah that's uh it's really it's really unbelievable it's one thing to read about it or watch a little piece on tv it's a, another thing to hear from somebody who has firsthand experience mm -hmm. are there any politicians or australian celebrities that are speaking out against what's the, what the government is doing look slowly slowly that is happening um and 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 you know adverse reaction stories are coming out nurses doctors things like that but it's not at a fast enough rate uh, to make a huge difference, which which is a shame. Um, so hopefully that that will happen soon. You know, I, I just want to elaborate a little bit on the police thing, actually, because um, it's I think ninety five percent of police here are really good, and they probably became police for the right reasons. But it's very very scary to imagine that these people are happy to take 
um, bad, corrupt orders from corrupt people because, you know, we have... We have a con- we have a camp, be- a quarantine facility being built in Victoria and Queensland, and we already have one in Northern Territories. And people are taken against their will um, as to quarantine. And people have tried to escape. If you don't go, you get fined five thousand dollars. If you step over the yellow line on the balcony at this facility, you get charged five thousand dollars. The average wage in Australia might be forty or forty-five thousand dollars a year. So just so you know how much money five thousand dollars is. Now they're spending billions and billions of dollars on these quarantine facilities, which is really strange because they say that after the double vaccination, um, you know, you're safe, right? So you shouldn't have to quarantine or anything like that. And these, the one in Victoria anyway, is going to be staffed by prison guards. So I don't really see how it's any different than a prison when there's big gates, electric gates, and you can't leave and you're taken there against your will. So it's only obvious to me that these camps are designed for the unvaccinated. And the, the, the narrative is already being set in the media. They've already mentioned things like that. And because the police are willing to shoot rubber bullets into, into crowds of people with children in it, um, I'm pretty sure they'd be happy to come to your house and forcibly remove you if you've tested positive and you don't want to go. So um, that is a real concern. It's not a conspiracy. It's happening and they're spending billions of dollars on these facilities that are really, really big and are being staffed by prison guards. So it's a concern. So billions of dollars of taxpayer-funded money. What are they saying the quarantine camps are for? What's the what's the narrative from the government? Uh, international travel, you know, but if they're not letting unvaccinated people into the country and if the vaccinations work then why would you need the quarantine facilities and also that they're letting international travelers who are double vaccinated uh, quarantine at home so why would they then need to send them to a facility it makes no sense yeah you know it's reminiscent of the japanese internment camp that the united states put into place uh, during world war ii And some people are now arguing here in the United States that they're going to open some of these camps that are now historical uh, preserved monuments, if you will, uh, to start doing the same here for those that don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah, but you guys have tons of guns. Good luck trying to get you guys to do that sort of stuff. (laughs) Well, right. Yeah, I mean, thank God we do have a constitution and we do have the Second Amendment. And, uh, you know, we're probably the, the most highly armed uh, country uh, in the world, and I don't think Americans are going to be giving up their guns anytime soon. Uh, it'd, be the, it'd be the wrong time to do that, I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, no. we'll, we'll probably, we'll probably um, hide in America, really, if, uh, if things get worse, you know? I think America's probably a safe place to be. Yeah, you know, it's funny, during the early parts of the pandemic, as people were looking, you know, where can we go if liberty is lost here in America? And of course, we think of our northern neighbors in Canada. Well, that hasn't gone well. And then we think of, well, of course, liberty-loving Australia. That's where we're run to. And uh, of course, uh, we're, we're wrong there too. And so I think more and more people, especially in America, are realizing that there is nowhere else to go, that we must stand and fight. We must push back against our tyrannical government, or at least many elements of it that are acting in a tyrannical way. And uh, we have to take back our liberties and preserve our constitution. Well, I know a lot of uh, very big businessmen and, and, and that have actually gone to America. So uh, I, I think you guys should stay put for sure. <laughs> for, for now. So what's your, what's your next move? What's, uh, 
What's on the agenda for uh, for Monica as we uh, enter this Christmas season and then into 2022? Well, we have, um, you know, I'm trying to not get distracted by the by the uh, spot fires anymore. Um, I'm really trying to think bigger and and get ahead of them instead of always reacting to them. So um, I've got some really big plans that are in the works, and uh, I always follow through with my big ideas. So you will absolutely know about it, but I just can't say too much now. Um, but Th- th- there's some um, there's some big things happening, so uh, I will keep you guys up to date. And if you want to release that information on your channels, then you can. Well, listen, I have got a big flagpole in front of my house, and uh, I think I'm going to buy myself an Australian flag and start uh, flying it in solidarity with the work you're doing. How can Americans help what you're doing? Well, I think you know being a subscriber on the on the website is great because then you get the daily news. Um, and you can just flick through it and see what's going on here. Uh, we always uh, release the most common stuff. I mean, what's I, the I wouldn't ask. Again? We obviously are funded. What's oh, your it's website? ReignightDemocracyAustralia.com. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't ask. We, we obviously get funded by the people alone, uh, but I'm sure there's enough organisations there in America that need your funding. So I would keep your money in your own country and um, just, uh, just at least share what's going on in Australia with your friends and family. And I think that really helps. And when we do now, because the police put me in jail, they made me an international profile. And so everything I do now can be put into an international stage. So um, just watch out for for my new initiatives that are coming up because uh, the whole world can get involved now. Well, wonderful. Well, we'll certainly follow you. Um, We'll ask our listeners to support you for sure. And uh, you should know that there are freedom fighters around the world, including in America, that stand with you. You're not alone. Uh, We're all in this together. And uh, we wish you Godspeed in your efforts. Thank you. And we are with you as well. And we will will see each other in the newly liberated society that we're going to build together that's going to be better than ever before. Absolutely. And keep us posted about your international efforts. and, And we're happy to join the fight. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, informed dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.